0: Hi, I'm Pete Price and my podcast this week is with Michelle Langan. I love this young lady. She has the Paper Cup Project now with 30 volunteers and the Paper Cup Coffee. Now, if you want to know all about this and what she does and the work she does, join me now and sit back and listen and realise how lucky you are in your lovely homes. Have a listen all about the Paper Cup Project. Liverpool Live. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just put my coffee down, oh my word, I've just come to Liverpool um it's the second day of opening i'm in a new coffee shop but this one's a little bit different a little bit different it's bang in the center of town it's across the road from where the buses are at the royal court it's in queen square so where the buses land at the bottom and the buses arrive and land at the top you're right in the middle it used to be a pub it's a lovely lovely premises and it's packed i am sitting upstairs upstairs isn't open yet because they're still decorating it i'm with michelle Langen, and i'm so pleased hi hi peace welcome oh wow the paper cup project has now got a coffee bar called
1: paper cup coffee
0: it's incredible Michelle, I know you're excited, I know you've had sleepless nights, take your time, tell us about the journey, how it all started.
1: So for, for anyone who doesn't know about the charity, because not all of the listeners will know what the charity does, so we have been going now, the Paper Cup project has been going now for the last um, nearly six years. So what we do is, we um, go around the city centre every week with um, food, with drink, with clothing, and support and advice for people who are homeless. So we've been doing that for the last few years. Um, we wanted to do more and we, over, the, over the lockdown, quite a lot of the people who were homeless were, were given their own accommodation and taken inside, which was amazing. But we realised that there was a gap to be filled. So you give someone their own home, you can't just expect them to kind of adapt back into you know, what we think is is a usual, normal life. Um, it can be difficult for people who've been homeless to get back into the workplace or, and you know, all of that kind of thing. So the paper cup coffee, where we're sitting now, it's all about, uh, we're gonna be working with people who've been homeless and training them up and assisting them with those skills to get back into the workplace, build their confidence, Build up their social skills and hopefully give them something, um, you know, give them something to get them up in the morning.
0: When you started did you ever imagine in your wildest dreams we'd be sitting here
1: <laughs> No not in a million years <laughs> No we started off with two of us with a little um, Nana's supermarket trolley and a flask and some sandwiches and you know to get to this journey now like it's incredible we've had a lot of help and a lot of support from from friends from family so yeah, it's amazing. And I'm sitting here now and like, I feel so proud to look around and, you know, see all these customers downstairs. It's lovely to see.
0: Right, let's start at the beginning. Where did the idea come from? And, 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 and you and a friend, a trolley, where did the idea, because I know we've um, not known each other a long time, but I know your passion is unreal. How did it start?
1: So I'd been living in London and i was working in magazines in london and um, i decided to come back to liverpool because that was the days when magazines were like i was working in team magazines and they were starting to close because kids were going on the internet and stuff so i decided to come back to liverpool so as i came back to liverpool i started to see more and more people on the streets that i hadn't i'd been away for 12 years so i hadn't really seen that before and I kind of was curious about these people, how had people ended up in this situation? Because when you think back to, to like, say 20 years ago or so, we didn't really used to see people on the streets that were sleeping rough and that kind of thing. So I was curious about these people. So how I started off, I, before I, we even started the outreach, I, um, with my writing background, I started doing writing workshops, with the white chapel with some of their people who've been homeless now in the shop we've actually got some of those stories as our artwork the stories that the homeless people um had shared with us so i did that with people and met some like really like lovely people with with like heartbreaking stories of how they'd ended up on the street and i did that and i kind of thought finished those workshops and i kind of thought I want to do something else but i don't know what else i want to do what can i do so i thought right i'll go out with the hot drinks and things like that we can speak to people and we can see what people need and it's striking that conversation up with people and building the trust which is the important thing so that's how we started off um, and you know, like you said we had the trolley, we'd go round so it started off with two of us so now our team we've got over 30 volunteers from all different backgrounds
0: Let me stop you there, so the first time you went out the two of you, how were, how were you received and were you scared, because it is an unknown world
1: Yeah, it, it can be when you're going out you don't know how people are going to react, you know, when you approach them and that kind of thing because um, you're a stranger, you're a stranger to someone. Um, but, you know, from the very first night that we went out, we would always re- received welcome with a welcome. People were glad to see us because people who were outside, they were glad to have just a hot drink. And for some of them, they were glad to have, like a little conversation. I remember one guy who we got to know, who, who we, we've not seen him for a few years, so he's, he's not on the streets anymore, which is great. But we used to see him and he said the worst thing for him about being homeless was that he felt like he was invisible because no one would speak to him. And he'd go for like days without having a conversation with anyone. So it's that little bit of human contact, I think, that can make a lot of difference to people.
0: What I love about you is your passion. Um, You know what's going on on the streets. A lot of people won't give. To the homeless because they're worried about the professional beggars. Where where, where, where's the difference? You know, when I went out with you once, I remember you knew everybody. Explain to people what's going on on the streets.
1: So we we build up a relationship with people that's really important, and we you know it's important for us to get people's trust. Um, I always say to our team, help anyone who you know who needs it, who asks we we've seen we have seen in the past people who are um victims i think because some of some of the people are um the things that we've seen in the past is people who are part of um like manipulated by people so sometimes in the past we've seen
0: so you mean put on the streets by people to beg Professionally beg and have to probably give all the money over.
1: Yes, we have seen that previously, and you know, those people are victims as well. We've seen it before with women who, um, you know, we've been concerned about anything like that. We'll always try to assist those people because those people are, um, you know, they're in need as well. Because if they're being, if they're giving their money to someone else and being controlled, it's not a good thing so that's a thing we look out for we always look out for people's safety as well if we're worried about someone we will you know alert the right people that were concerned about people um, in the past we've had people on the street that we've come across where women where they're pregnant and they shouldn't be on the street because it's a risk to their health and the baby's health so We're just very, very mindful that we've got to get the right help for people. And our team are very good at, um, they know everyone, people trust us, and that trust is so, so important. Some of these people have come from the care system or places where they've been let down by people in authority. So there's not always that level of trust there. But with our volunteers, they know that our volunteers are not gonna judge them in any way. And they'll, you know, they'll help them if they need
0: the help. I'm talking to Michelle about the Paper Cup project. What do you say to people who are listening now uh, that say, I'm not going to give money to beggars or people on the streets because all they do is use it for drugs and drink?
1: I always say to people, do what feels right for you. I would never say to people, don't, don't give money, um, you know, because I think it's a really personal thing. I think it's a really personal thing what people do with their money. We've got an option here in the coffee shop with a payer forward. So when people come in here to buy a coffee, they can pay for the coffee for someone else who hasn't got I like money. that. So we've got a little board downstairs. We'll have a look at the board in a bit. So we've got 12 coffees already just from today and yesterday. So if someone who's homeless wants a coffee or a hot drink, they can come in here and claim it. Someone's paid for it. Um, and also we can use those coffees for our outreach as well. So we can take them out and give them directly to people. So that's another option. If people think you know, they want to give a coffee to someone, but that sometimes people are a little bit like shy or afraid of approaching someone we can do that you know we can do that people can come in it's nice for someone to be able to have the option of coming in and sitting in a warm warm cafe and having a cup of coffee
0: that's amazing you're telling me that because before and we've only just opened and it's in queen square and it's a fabulous site but a lady came in before and said i don't want a coffee but paid for a coffee for somebody to come in that is absolutely incredible now where Is there a tie-up with you and the Whitechapel Centre? Do you work together or what?
1: So, obviously, we're two separate charities. Um, We are working with the Whitechapel in the recruitment of our trainees. So um, I've had a meeting with, with lovely David from the White Chapel a few weeks ago. So they are um, they obviously worked um, with the council to get people accommodated over the pandemic. So they are in a good place to identify the people who are ready for, to take the next step in the journey. And um, obviously we can't go out and, and like say to someone who's sleeping rough, okay, come in and you know you can train with us because it's just far too much for them to cope with. People have got like so much going on in their lives. If, if you're out on the street, your life is so, so chaotic. So the people we're gonna be working with will be people who've been um, recently accommodated. And that now that they've got their accommodation, they're in the right place to take the next step in their journey, which will be with us to help them, to work with them very gently, to train them. We're working with a really great training provider who are called the and Foundry who are part of Regenda Housing Association and they have created with us a package of training and they are also very, very sensitive to um, the needs of the people that we're going to be working with.
0: Without getting political, and we won't get political, how is Liverpool compared to other cities the way they deal with the homeless
1: um do you know what over the pandemic we liverpool council did a great job there was like hundreds of people who were accommodated over the pandemic um with the government funding now sadly that government funding has finished because you know the pandemic's finished but homelessness hasn't finished So it's just a shame for me, really, that that wasn't carried on because we could see visibly that, you know, it it really had an impact. There was, we knew the people during the pandemic and over lockdown, we knew the people who were still out on the streets and who had turned down the, the offer of accommodation. And you could count on one hand the people that were left outside, whereas now, obviously, that figure's gone up again we're expecting it to go up as people um, lose their jobs and lose their homes you know we're heading into a a situation where people's bills are going to be going up and people are going to be struggling so we're heading into a situation where i think we're going to see a spike a rise in homelessness i was reading an article today that crisis had put out to say the same they they predict that we're going to have a spike so it's short-sighted really because you can t- you can resolve homelessness by putting resources into it and, you know, helping people with all of that. But, you know, that f- funding has finished now, so it's a shame.
0: They've said in Liverpool over and over again there's no reason for anybody to be on the streets, no second night. Can you explain all that to us? I know it's not your department, yeah.
1: but... Yeah, so there's a number to call to get assistance, and... Um, The council um, has a number, this is a government all over the country, It's it's a government rule. Now the thing that worries me about that government rule is, so previously Liverpool would say everyone gets help, so we'll help everyone wherever you're from, if you're from Manchester and you come to Liverpool or if you're from Scotland and you come to Liverpool, we'll help you there are rules in place where you have got to have a connection to the area that you're staying in so what we're seeing more of now which is a worry is people who are not from liverpool presenting as homeless in liverpool and those people are not entitled to get help So you have to be um, connected to the city for at least, um, I think it's at at least six months. So if someone from Manchester comes to Liverpool, they've got to be on the streets of Liverpool for several months before they can access any help. So to me, again, that's a concern, that's a worry. And that's a government rule that is put in place, um, I think, to save money for councils as well. But it's people we're talking about here. It's, you know, it's another human being. So, you know, that's the
0: thing. I'm talking to Michelle from the Paper Cup Project. Where do you get your produce from?
1: So, we are a totally local coffee shop. It's really important to us that we add all local suppliers. That coffee that you're drinking is roasted in Liverpool, so you're drinking Scouse coffee.
0: (laughs) There's a first on Pete Price's show. I've just (laughs) drunk Scouse coffee.
1: So we've got Bean, who at a local uh, Liverpool Roast Street, who we're getting our coffee from. We've got Laura's Little Bakery, who is doing the cakes for us. So she's got that lovely cake downstairs on the counter, the chocolate cake. And we're working with other local suppliers as well. So we're trying to kind of keep it all going back into the local economy, or all, you know, the business as well, by helping other local businesses.
0: Where did this idea come from?
1: and um, several years ago I went to London to visit friends and I saw another coffee shop that was doing a similar thing this must have been about 10 years ago and I was thinking why is nobody else doing that you know nobody in Liverpool is doing that so it was always a seed in the back of my mind that I thought if I could do something to help then that's the th- kind of thing that I would like to do because we've already got all these other facilities in Liverpool and you know accommodation and all of that kind of thing but the thing that we don't have in Liverpool is a facility to assist people to get back into the workplace so I saw that that gap was there, and I remembered this coffee shop from, from years ago in London. It was a tiny, tiny coffee shop. It was right by the tube station, and um, there was only about four seats inside. It was really tiny, a little takeaway place. But that's, that kind of was always in the back of my mind. So, yeah, that was where it came from.
0: Now, how many nights do you and the 30 volunteers go out?
1: We just go out once a week, but then the rest of the week it's following up um, like work from people that we've we've seen, like getting them the right support, working with.
0: So it's not just a matter of taking a sandwich and a coffee out. You're out there looking, helping.
1: Yeah. So for us, the food and drink is just a tool. It's a tool to engage people and to speak to people and find out more about them. Um, you know, that's our way of having a conversation with someone and then finding out what their extra needs are. And I always say to our team, we are not going out to, our, our job is not just to feed people, our job is to, to like engage people and, and try. And, the ultimate goal for us when we when we go out on a, on Monday night, is not to give people a sandwich, it's to get people in off the streets so when we engage people and we can find out more about them sometimes it takes a long long time for people to trust us and um, i remember you came you came out and met us like when we first started up like years ago and there was a guy who was homeless then who's still homeless now and we will still work with them like every single week you know we've tried so many times to accommodate him we've got him um, properties and things like that but he's very, very hard to engage because he's older and he's very um, entrenched in, in his situation. But we'll continue, you know, we'll carry on for as long as we need to to try and engage people.
0: It's interesting you say that because I've said over the years, I've worked with the White Chapel, I've had them on the radio, etc. There are people out there that do not want a home, aren't there? Yeah,
1: yeah, there are. You know, you can't force people. You know, you can't say to someone, "Oh, there's, there's a flat, there's a house, there's the keys." You know, off your pop. You can't force people because there are some people who are comfortable in their own minds and their own situation and also you know we do see people that have got mental health issues as well and the chaotic, chaotic background so you don't always know what's gone on in people's past that affects them you know we've had People who've been veterans as well, who find it difficult to be inside because of PTSD. So, honestly, there's so many reasons, so many reasons why not everyone can go inside.
0: Interesting you say that. And and that's it. Every time I walk past somebody homeless, every one of them has got a totally different story. That's why it's so complex, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. You know, not no to people that we work with are the same there's so many different stories and so many different backgrounds
0: tell me um when you go out on a monday where do you get your food and drink from
1: So uh, we get donated from local businesses, which is great. So we've got, um, there's a cafe in the Dingle called Taste. They do, they also do a pay forward and their pay forward works in, they supply um, sandwiches for us. We also work with some restaurants in town who supply us with the food um, and family and friends as well, very good to us.
0: So we're sitting here, it's just opened. Um, Explain how it works with the work with the people that are employed here?
1: So, we've got, um, obviously, we've got our staff that are employed that are working with us, and then um, next month is when we will be looking at taking our first intake of trainees in, and the trainees will work with us and the training provider and come in, and they'll be doing different... different workshops with us, um, and then some experience in the cafe. We'll teach them how to make the coffee. We'll have them you know, working with customers, speaking to customers. What I liked about doing a coffee shop is you've got that many different people coming in every single day. It's a good way to engage with people and to build those conversation and those social skills. So that's a key part. It's building people's confidence. up.
0: that's amazing. That because social skills are important, getting people back into society.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And if you've been on the streets, um, a lot of them haven't got you know got, got the confidence. The confidence and their self esteem is quite low. So that's a really big part of what we're going to be doing is building the confidence and also working with people slowly so they're not bombarded straight away you know we can't just throw people into it we've got to work very gently with them at their own speed
0: as a journalist did you ever think in a million years your life would take a turn like this no
1: i was one minute i was interviewing justin timberlake and the next minute i'm i'm uh, running a coffee shop so no not in a million years
0: Have you ever had sort of second thoughts and think, what am I doing, where am I going with this?
1: every night I think <laughs> I think for about for, you know since since we kind of first started this journey with the shop and started the decorating and everything I don't think I've had a good night's sleep for the past 18 months because I'll go to sleep and well I'll put my head down on the pillow and I'll think oh yeah I've got to get this I've got to get this with the fridge or I've got to get this and there's a million different things that like pop into your head just when you're about to try go go to sleep
0: incredible so Where's the coffee shop and what's it called?
1: So our coffee shop is Paper Cup Coffee and we are on Queen Square. So we are right next to the key car park and the Genting Casino is on the other side. We're signposted as well. So when you're coming through Queen Square, have a look for the signs and come in. Come in, have a coffee, and then if you want to, you can pay forward a coffee for someone who needs it as Which well. Which
0: I love. Can they find you social on social media?
1: Yeah, we're on all social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and we've got a website as well, papercupproject.org. If you need any more info about the coffee shop, have a look, and our address and all the info
0: is there. If anybody wanted to be a volunteer, how do they go about it? <laughs>
1: Yeah, probably the best is get in touch with us on social media and then we can find out what the best, um, the best way to involve you in the charity that way.
0: Michelle, from the Paper Cup Project, I've got to tell you, I love the atmosphere. I love the wallpaper, by the way. Love the atmosphere, (laughs) love the feel of the place, I love the warmth of it. And there's so much traffic going past and forwards. It's great. You must be very proud.
1: Really, really proud, and you know what? I'm so, so grateful to the people that are coming into this place and giving us the custom. Because without the customers, we're not going to be here. So, please, please come in, come in and support us, and give people a chance.
0: To finish off, what's your message to people who walk through the streets and see the homeless?
1: You know what? Give someone a smile. Well, if someone hasn't spoken to someone all day or you know had a conversation just a little bit of eye contact and a smile it can brighten someone's day say hello to someone not everyone has got the money to be given money to people all the time you know you can pass 10 people in the street and you'd be skinned by the time you got to the end of bald street if you gave money to everyone engage with people if you can just a little smile how are you that kind of thing and it makes a difference let people know they're there
0: if you enjoyed that why not subscribe because it's free and we've got some great interviews